0: All right. Hello, it's Chef Ryan Callahan, and welcome to the people behind your food. I'm here today with Chef Peter Martinez, who is a chef in the New York City area. He's also a really amazing father, and he was a competitor on Chopped. And so today we're going to get to know him and his unique perspective on the world, uh, living in the New York area and working in such a a highly competitive market and what he's been through and his unique experiences in the restaurant industry. So hello, Peter, and welcome. What's going on? How are you doing, Ryan? Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you here today. Uh, it was so great that I met you through Instagram, and then we just totally like it was like we like were separated at birth. It was like I know him, I like him, let's go play, <laughs> you know, like that's so
1: awesome. Yeah, seriously. So that's let's so uh, cool.
0: let's help everybody else get to know you. So uh, let's talk about the quick get to know you questions. So how old are you?
1: Um, would you like my industry age or my real birth age? Whichever you prefer, whatever, you're, whatever right. you want to do. So I'm, I'm 34. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm actually really 38. Okay. Uh, 38 years of age, man. I always lie and say I'm like 32, 34.
0: You know <laughs> what? You, you got the skin for it, though. The skin and the hair, so you can totally pull it off. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Okay, so what's your favorite movie?
1: My favorite movie is Coming to America, Eddie Murphy. That's a great
0: movie. That is hilarious. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'll tell you right now, I've seen it over 5,000
0: times and laugh at the same jokes, <laughs> say the same lines, and laugh every time. <laughs> That's because Eddie Murphy is just absolutely hilarious. He's just, like, he's just got this like sense of humor that you can't replace.
1: It's classic. That movie would never go, get old. It will never.
0: So what's your favorite TV show?
1: My favorite TV show... Mm, that's, that's that's a loaded question there i don't know i don't know i don't know what my wife would say if i answer this wrong because <laughs> <laughs> we have a show together
0: <laughs> uh,
1: but uh i have to go with uh this is us okay and then uh, us, uh, one that touches like touches home every time
0: i like it so favorite music it could be style or particular artist
1: um music i love all music I, I i can't really say that i love one genre I, it's everything i love all types of music i i get down with everything
0: okay and i always ask this question are you a guy who carries cash with you or are you a guy who pays with cards
1: i see Ryan, i don't think i can answer that question you know there's a lot of viewers out there that want to know what i'm paying with
0: cash or credit so you just want to make sure that you don't get mugged on your way home yeah, I'm not trying to get, I'm not trying to get uh, held up. So Peter doesn't have any money, guys. In case you're trying got to. Got no money. Yeah, he he doesn't have it. His wife's got it. He's not allowed to of yeah, it. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a chef. I got no money. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Oh, damn. Honestly,
1: I think that that goes by like seasons. I haven't had ice cream probably in like eight or nine weeks. But I'll tell you, my last favorite was the. Uh, Hagen dazs it's like a white truffle raspberry. Mm. That thing is phenomenal. And then there's always Chunky Monkey, that's it. Those are the only two. <laughs> okay, favorite food? It could be favorite, right now. Favorite food right now? Yeah. I need those chicken tacos you're making, like <laughs> right now. <laughs> Hands down, I need that shredded chicken taco, send one over to New Jersey. Sure, I can do
0: it. You, you take air mail? <laughs>
1: Yeah, please. I actually, I mean, doesn't Amazon do something like freaking uh, what those things called again? Drones.
0: Yeah, the drones. It's Amazon Fresh drone delivery. Yeah, please. Drone me a taco, please. Drone me a taco. Uh, okay,
1: so where'd you grow up? <laughs> so I grew up in West New York, New Jersey. Okay. Um, sixty-four Street, uh, eighty-one. Uh, it was a it was a good time in that area. Okay, and then where do you live now? Uh, now I live in Palisades Park, New Jersey, okay. which is uh, it's south. I think it's west from where I used to live.
0: Okay. And then uh, so that kind of captures who you are, where you've been. You know, real quick personality profile. It's like it's almost like a psychological evaluation, you know, like what kind of person <laughs> are you, you know, so uh, very crazy. Very nice so let's go ahead and dive into what you've done in the restaurant industry. So, so I'm just going to start firing off these questions and this is all about yeah. you here. So, how long have you been working in the restaurant business? Uh, the restaurant business.
1: Uh, I've been in the restaurant business for over
0: seven years. Seven years? Seven years. And yeah. Then, uh, I don't know if, it, if it's considered, like,
1: if you work back at a house, Whole Foods. Is that, that really isn't considered restaurant business. Well, but
0: is, for, well, I would call it food service, right? And, that, and that's kind of what we yeah. focus on in this show is people who have done anything involving food. Uh, I'm hoping to so, get a lunch lady on sometime. That'd be really fun. Yeah,
1: that'd be so cool. <laughs> Wouldn't it?
0: Uh, yes. so, you work, be so you've been working in, in a kitchen for seven years, and then before that you were in a Whole Foods, right? Yeah, I was there
1: for like 10 years. So I've been around kitchens pretty much all my life. Okay. But but professionally, yeah, about like 15, maybe 20 years.
0: Okay. So what got you working with food? Like was it, you know, like you just needed a job or was it a passion? Tell me about that. Um. So it's it's an interesting story because – Um,
1: I learned how to cook when I was like five years old. My father was a chef for 29 years. My grandfather was a chef for 40 years. Um, they taught me how to cook a medium rare steak at five years old. Um, you know, we did test runs and finally he let me go and, you know, I did the right thing. Um, but all my life I cooked for like friends, barbecues, and I didn't work in the kitchen. I would be like on doing side odd jobs and a whole bunch of things. And I loved I actually had a really great time when I worked at Whole Foods, but it wasn't like my mind state wasn't like in a career. It was just like, I was just working. And then um, as of seven years ago, my wife was seeing me come in the house. I was a technician at the time and I was coming in the house frustrated every day. And she was just like, why don't you just quit and go to culinary school? And I was like, that's genius. I, and And my head, I thought, you know what? I'll get to I'll get to learn the like tech proper techniques. I'll get to learn how to like how to maneuver in the kitchen and how to have the the the, the, the appropriate uh, mindset in a, in a professional kitchen. So I did it. I quit that the following day. I went into the office and I just quit. <laughs> <laughs> I walked out. I had no job. I had nothing. I had like no no nothing to look forward to. Just yeah, enrolling in culinary school. And I just, I, I just got so scared that I just started applying to, like, every kitchen on Craigslist. Yeah. And, and then I would just – I wrote the rawest email. Hi, my name is Peter Martinez. I don't have a resume, but I want to work in your kitchen. I sent out 20 of them. Out of, like, 20 emails I sent out, I got back 13. And they were all like, this is a really weird email, but come in. Let's talk about it. So I went to, like, a couple different interviews. Finally, I narrowed it down to two restaurants. I was going to go with this country club that was paying, like, great money once they saw me, like, move in the kitchen. And I chose that place over this one place that was, like, really, like, close to my home. And it was just, like, a two-minute drive. So I went out to this country club, which was, like, almost 48-minute drive. And as I was over there, I got stuck in traffic. And I was like, is this going to be the rest of my life, this traffic, like, forever? So I did a U-turn and I went back to the one restaurant that I actually declined, which was two, two, like 10 minutes away. And the owner was sitting at the edge of the bar. And then I I was like, Hey, I just wanted to know if you still had that time for the interview. He's like, Oh, I thought you said you found the job. And then I just came, like, I I just told him the truth. I was like, listen, I was going to choose that place, but it's too far. I got in traffic and I'm here now. And he's like, all right, so what are you doing? Get to work. And I was just like in boat shoes and like slacks. It was like the summertime. And he was like, yeah, and I was like, all right. So I went into the kitchen, rolled up my sleeves, and I just started, like, cooking, putting out tickets. And he was just like, oh, wow, this guy's for real. Yeah. And I worked there. And I worked there for, like, about maybe, like, a year. It's called Havana Room. I, I was there for, like, about, I want to say, like, a year and, like, two months or something. And then from there, I just, like, changed their menu. I bought up
0: their sales. And it was just, like, pretty much my kitchen. That's awesome. That is that is like that is like the epitome of the American dream there. It was like, I hate what I'm doing. I'm gonna change my life. In what other place in the world can you even have this opportunity? Like, like there's just not. You just were like, you're like, I hate what I'm doing. And your wife is so supportive and she's like, dude, go get it. I know you want it, go get it. And you got it. That's so freaking awesome. Do you know how freaking inspiring that is?
1: Thank you, man. It's it's really it's really I
0: think it was all just like a blessing. It was all literally
1: like All the right doors just opened up, like it was—it was was insane. It was like—it was like so weird. It it was like nothing I've ever felt before because like everything just opened up, and then it just—and it's been going like that. Thank God. I don't know if it's just my work or what. It's just been like—it just keeps going, keeps going. All these doors keep opening.
0: That's amazing. So, uh, so, so so you—you went and you got this job. You started working there for a year and a half, and you just like—you just been powering it through it ever since. So you went to culinary school. What, uh, what, what was your experience like there?
1: Oh man, culinary school was like probably the funnest thing I've ever experienced in my life. It's like, imagine, imagine if you were an adult now and they put you back in school you're like, you know, like all the ins and outs, you actually know teachers like personally. So you're like, you're like this grown adult in school. So culinary school was just that. I mean, I was like, there to like get my good grades learn the technique i was really involved my passion like you know superseded like all the kids there like it was just like i almost was competing with the teacher like the, with the uh with the uh with the instructor like i literally bumped heads with like two or three instructors because i thought that was better than them yeah <laughs> which is which is wrong which is wrong it, it's obviously like is it wrong the rookie that comes in from the major league that gets into the major leagues and swears he's better than Jeter. You're going to like
0: – you're going to freaking knock it out yeah. of the park and he's like, bro, bro yeah. you
1: need to learn how to even k- take a base first. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I was wrong. I was wrong. I learned that after. I learned that through the trenches, through the line. When I yeah. really the line, that's when I learned like, oh, wow, the instructors are right.
0: I find that chefs are like – we're an arrogant but humble <laughs> arrogant. Like we're, we're so competitive <laughs> – like if i see someone do something and i and i don't know about you but like when i watch people cook sometimes i'm like that's wrong you're doing that wrong like that's wrong that's not how you do that bro like here let me show you a better way to do it and you almost get competitive you're like like i'll see you make something and then i'll be like i want to go make that because i want to do my version of that or like i talked to this guy over in edinburgh and he's like and i'm like rob what are you doing today he's like oh i'm making uh i'm making you know head cheese today and i'm like oh that's too raw for me (laughs) (laughs) But like you know what i mean do you get the same way too do you feel like you get that competitive streak
1: yeah yeah so um i actually worked with andrew zimmerman andrew zimmerman once at uh james beard house and you know what he told me he's like we're just artists that steal each other's work
0: that's That's it that was
1: like that was like the best thing ever i was like it's all right it's exactly right like i'm like i see a dish and I'm like that's an amazing dish but instead of those circles I could do triangles and I could do this with a different flavor and then I could just mix it up and then it
0: becomes mine. It's it's amazing. And the best part is is that we get paid to do it as opposed to normal like painters who never get paid to do it and then they die and then there's you know somebody <laughs> sells the artwork twenty, thirty thousand 30,000 years later for like an obscene amount of money, you know, like Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and also somebody found it in their basement when they moved and they became a millionaire. Like yeah. what? The-? that's so amazing so do you have a a food specialty like you know do you have a special cuisine that that you specialize in um so
1: i actually i've actually been trying to like lock myself in a box to like kind of categorize you know what is it that i do what is it that i enjoy doing
0: and i have
1: to say it's i think i like turning artisanal Old classic dishes into just something modern, more fun, more sexy. Mm-hmm. So everything that I know, everything I've been taught that was like proper, all these French techniques, or like my mom slapping my wrist saying that I'm not breading the the the, the, the right and like you know the steaks right. That I I just change it and just like kind of like I, I want to say disrespect it and make it my own. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you want to manhandle it, you know? Yeah, it's an arrogance.
1: That's true. It's it's like it's like people are like oh don't do that to the pulled pork you're it, d- diminishing the integrity and I'm like you know what I'm just
0: gonna do all of this to it and yeah put it in a bow bun and make it something else. See like my specialty I always say is sauces you know so like I would say this was 1890 I'd be a saucier. First off, because <laughs> nice. it's the best position to pronounce out of all of them. You know, like who wants to be Garbage A, that's not sexy. You say saucy A, like, oh girl, that's sexy right there. I'm gonna put some it sauce on it, that. It? <laughs> yeah. That's so, awesome. So that's so cool because like I find the same thing is like people people try to make the same thing over and over and over again and over you know, because there's only so many combinations, there's only so many flavors, there's only so many ingredients. But I love that that you're like, I see the circles and I want to make triangles because I feel like that'd be a whole different presentation. Cause like, you know, sometimes people will be like, oh, you know, like blah, blah, blah. And and then it turns out real stupid. You know, they're like, oh, I was trying to do it authentic. It's like, what is authentic? You know, this is <laughs> this is 2019. If I can get bitter melons from Korea all year round, you know, <laughs> there's no such thing as authentic anymore. Okay, so tell me about some good things that you've experienced working in a restaurant business, obviously getting picked up in a restaurant business so quick and moving up so quick. Like tell me some good stuff that have happened to you besides that.
1: Um, actually, I think that the, the, the most exciting part so far of my career has been that meeting people. Like I get to meet so many people. I've met so many people from so many different walks of life. And it's just like, it's like, and all these people come together for those in my case, 13 hours <laughs> to make this so you a goal. half day. <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> I a whole half day. Um, we, we just have this one goal is to put out good food. And, and, and it's like, and my team's goal is to like support my vision. And, and yo, being as lucky as I've been, I've always had people to support me. I've always had, you know, the little, you know, stray haters that maybe like, they just want to be a part of what I'm doing but they don't know how to approach me or, or maybe they just, they just not happy with themselves, but we're not here to talk about them. We're here to just be like, kind of like, you know, to, to acknowledge that, you know, there's some great people in the, in the, in the, in the, in the uh, restaurant industry.
0: It's, and I always find it so inspiring that, you know, like it's, it's almost like a military unit, you know, like working in the restaurant industry is Cause it's, it's, you got a guy who's in charge and you got the guys who are implementing the vision and you're all fighting that common enemy, which is the guest, <laughs> you know, like, that ticket machine. A <laughs> ticket machine. You got to fight that ticket machine. You got to make sure those times are right. And and uh, last week we had Chris on, and he said uh, that for him it's the most inspiring thing because he's just a line cook to watch all these guys, like you just said, from all these different walks of life, working to achieving the common goal, shoulder to shoulder, which is not getting caught on fire, which is not <laughs> breaking down and crying, yeah, and then nice. putting you know like the steak and the mashed potatoes and the green beans. All on the plate, all at the same time on all these different stations. And I agree. It's inspiring, man.
1: Good. That's so good. That is so true, right? Like how many how many like different catastrophes can happen? The freaking the vita prep don't work. One of somebody's hungover. Somebody's like having a bad day. Somebody just got burned. Somebody got the flu. And then yo, it's just like we have that common goal, so everyone, number one, has to be sanitary. <laughs> we make sure that everybody is capable to work, um, and then we just move forward, man.
0: It is. It's freaking awesome. It's like – and if you don't ever work in it, you don't get it. Like, you know, front-of-house people, they don't get what it's like in the kitchen. They just don't get it. They just think what we do in the kitchen is like, oh, we just make food. But there's – not. <laughs> it's not just art. It's, it's, it's art. It's industry. It's like a military precision – it's a whole yeah. thing. There's like this whole ecosystem happening. Labor
1: intensive as well. It's yeah, labor intensive at times. Um, yeah, it's so true. You know what? That's why when somebody does or has been in the back, they've been like they give you like this special look or like this special nod, like, I've been in the back of the house. Yeah. I know what you're going <laughs> They do.
0: So, um, so you were on Chopped and you competed and you said uh, you were the runner up on your on your episode, right?
1: Yes, unfortunately, I was the runner up. Well, runner ah. up is better than last.
0: I, you know, yeah, I like, yeah, it's so true. It's Very you know, true. You know, better I, second than be fourth. Right. I tend to believe in that. If you're not first, your last approach of, uh, you know, self evaluation. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so let's talk about that for a second. So what was that experience like? Was it fun? Was it tiring? Was it exhausting? Like, how'd that even work?
1: Um. So Chopped was one very entertaining it was uh extremely entertaining it had me uh extremely wrapped up I, I i couldn't wait to do it um you know the competitor in me was just super excited um was it exhausting very exhausting it was extremely exhausting because the cameras because of um you know outtakes and because of having to do tv and having to be dramatic and things that sometimes at 5
0: a.m in the morning i'm not yeah <laughs> So so, where did you film? Was that in California? Uh, so we filmed in uh, New York City, okay. uh,
1: the Chelsea Market area.
0: Okay, and then so since you're in New York, you obviously didn't have to fly out there. Uh, <laughs> you could just well, commute.
1: Well, guess what, Ryan? I'm in New Jersey, and that's actually a state away.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just had a. It's just a car ride. Okay, it's like, so it's just a just a car ride. So, yeah. like, how how long was a filming day? Was it, like, a full 12-hour day, or what was that like? Uh, yeah, it was, like,
1: 15 hours. It was from, like, 5 in the morning to, like, I don't even know, 1, 2 in the morning, something ridiculous. It was ridiculous because it, it starts off with a lot of introduction, and then, you know, you're in there, you're signing all these waivers. You do so much signing. You do so much, like, paperwork. And then it's, like, such a short, like recording and then all of a sudden you're back to like interviews and paperwork
0: that's crazy um so did you enjoy it was it fun for you would you do it again i probably would
1: do it again because i want to win <laughs> like i know i can win I, this, this was mine this was like obviously my win but i i know i didn't get it the better man won my boy matt he's awesome i uh, i made i became good friends with him after that that's awesome and he's amazing this guy is amazing he was a war vet he actually went to combat. He actually owns a ramen spot in Colorado. He's amazing. This guy does like farm-to-table uh, ramen. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, he's amazing. But uh, yeah, no, I would definitely do it again because I, I feel like I got to get that win. But am <laughs> I going to do it again? Probably not.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, you know, you got, a, you got a new kid. You know, that's, that's a lot, you know. Exactly. Um, so that's, I think we've covered your past and what you've done pretty well. Let's talk about what you're doing now. Uh, so, so where are you working right now? Are you in Jersey? Or are you in New York City? Where are you at? Um, so I'm in uh, Edgewater, New Jersey
1: at a Pier 115 Barn and Grill. Um, it's a uh, gastropub. It's a, you know, culinarily inclined gastropub.
0: It's a pub with good food. That's awesome. I love those kinds of places because I like to eat and I also like beer. <laughs> yeah. it, it, I wonder if it's considered a gastropub
1: or is it like a sports bar because they have a lot of TVs.
0: I, I think I think what makes it a gastro pub is that the emphasis on good food. Because I think a pub is just you know like I yeah. live in St. Louis and St. Louis is literally the sports bar capital of the world. We have more sports bars per capita than any other city on the planet, which is not necessarily a good thing. You know? <laughs> hey,
1: that's a fact. I didn't even know that. Now <laughs> I know.
0: You're learning facts today on the people behind your food. <laughs> anywhere you land on st louis you go to a sports ball basically i mean like people are obsessed with sports here and i'm not a sports guy at all so like they're like yeah let's talk about the baseball and i'm like okay (laughs) (laughs) let's talk about the art (laughs) yeah yeah
1: seriously i don't think i care that much about sports
0: yeah Uh, i i find that to be a restaurant thing too like guys in the kitchen i think because we're artists by nature we tend to be more interested in like food and art and you know shit stupid stuff so um so what, do you, so what do you do at the pub, at your gastro pub right now, at Pier uh, 115?
1: So I am a sous chef acting as a chef de cuisine. Um, I basically pretty much um, run the show most of the time. Um, I report to a great executive chef named uh, Stefan. He's an amazing chef, uh, has taught me so much about patience, has taught me so much about how to be a leader, Um, I was always more of a trenches type of chef. So I was always more of like I could do the line inside and out, but don't tell me to make a schedule. Don't tell me to do ordering. Don't tell me to do inventory. Um, You know, I, I don't even know what the heck allocations are. So I was always in the trenches. But, you know, you know, luckily the chef that I have now, he actually. And along with uh, other chefs that he actually introduced uh, me to that also taught me, like allocations, uh, you know, um, inventory, scheduling, all this stuff that I now know how to do. So I think I'm becoming more of a a well-rounded chef. I'm, like, kind of transitioning from, you know, sous chef, chef de cuisine to more of an executive mentality.
0: That's good, because, you know, like, that executive position is is so hard, but at the same time, like... It's like so nice, cause you're like, well, yeah, what yeah, do I have yeah. to do today? A bunch of paperwork. I don't have to cut my hands off. All right, I'm okay with that. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, but I, 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 love, I love getting my hands dirty. I love, I love, uh, I like grabbing my knife. I love like the weight of my knife. I like that slight pain on my wrist from you know cutting way too many times or cutting you know sexy scallions. I like that. I like that. I don't know. I, I guess this is what it is. I mean, they always told it
0: in culinary school. Are you sure this is for you? Are you, yeah. you know, what makes you want to do this? Are you crazy? <laughs> that's so funny that they did that first day of culinary school to me, and they walked in. Guy looked at me, and he goes, you guys are idiots. <laughs> Seriously, that's what they do. They do that. He goes, you're signing up for the worst job with the highest suicide rate, the highest rate of depression, <laughs> oh and alcoholism, and drug abuse. And we're like, sir, yes, sir. We're okay. Let's let, let's I mean, make some garmagee, you know, like.
1: Yeah, like start me at the bottom. I'll be uh, I'll be there. <laughs>
0: That's so funny. Um, so what would happen? Uh, what would happen if that your business didn't have you anymore? You know, like if your position was removed as the sous chef slash chef de cuisine.
1: Okay, so if if my position was to be diminished, then there was uh, no more sous chef position for Peter Martinez. You know what I would do? I would get another kitchen job immediately. <laughs> so many doors open right now. I could probably start something myself right now. Yeah. Uh, You know, I I don't know. I guess that all this like, you know, all this learning that I'm doing right now, I'm so involved in learning and like transitioning into being an executive that right now that position would to to actually stop being there for me. Then I would have to jump in. That's it. You got to sink or swim. So I'm actually probably going to go for an executive position.
0: That's awesome. That's actually really cool. So uh, let's talk about the uh, New York City metro area and the competition that happens in chefs there. So you're saying right now that, like, like you've got all these doors open. Is that normal? Is that, is that just because you're so freaking awesome? Or is that, <laughs> like, you know, because I know that, that New York area is super, super, like, that whole metro area is so competitive as a market. So tell me about the restaurant industry there.
1: So the, it's, extremely, it's extremely competitive. You're absolutely right about that. And it's because there's so many. Um, New York has probably the most restaurants in the United States um it's it's extremely competitive but you know what new york chefs new jersey chefs, we're actually we're turning into this 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 like coalition now like i know so many cool chefs now and it's like something opens up an opportunity that could be you know a step up for a, a, a friend that's a chef like you automatically call them so it's actually becoming like this this like coalition like where everybody's just uniting like i know so many cool chefs like uh you know, Andy, Chef Andy from Soyo, I know Elio, these good chefs from the Bronx that are doing amazing things, and it's just like, we just call each other, like, it's like, you know, just like how you and I met, pretty much. You were like, awesome chef, I saw your page, I'm like, whoa, this dude's freaking amazing. I'm looking at your dishes, and I'm like, what the? And then (laughs) you told me, like, you're an author, and I'm like, wait, I'm trying to write a book? Yeah. So I'm like, hold up, this is like, this is it right here, this is like, the perfect person to know. like, and, and you know what, you don't find those on Instagram. So many jokers on the internet that when you do find someone like yourself, Ryan, you gotta like, definitely like, pick your brain.
0: And sure. that's, and I agree. And that's, and I'm, I'm a really, you know, that's interesting that people are starting to naturally network because like, every other industry, like I worked in banking for like a year and a half, cause I, I went through like, what I'd call a quarter life crisis. And I was like, I don't know if restaurants are for me. Maybe I should try yeah. something more balanced. You know, and which is just as bad. Working in finance was was probably even more toxic than working in in a kitchen. And uh, and, but it's interesting because every other career field, people network. They're like, hey, look, there's an opening over here. Why do not you head? or like we got a job over here. Like you're just saying the other chefs are calling you up. I think it's so important for chefs to network and work with each other because it just it drives the industry forward, number one. But number two, it's also like you meet cool guys. And working in a kitchen is, can be isolating. And so you get to talk to these cool people everywhere. And that helps you to, like, just not only build your repertoire, but also allow you to, like, invent new things. Like you said, like, oh, what's he doing over here? You know, like, oh, I want to do yeah. that over here. Let's get this exactly,
1: truck. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I even travel down to Miami. I, I go down south to Miami. And I have, like, friends that are chefs there. And they're doing, like, the most amazing, sexiest things. And that's kind of where the direction that I want to go. I want to go into, like, making – food extremely sexy, shareable, um, you know, as fresh as possible, as healthy as possible, and you know what? There's people that are doing, like, super artistic things with the, you know, with the, with the, with the gastronomy and, like, the, the sous-vide and all that. That's not me right now, and I respect everyone, <laughs> sitting, but that's not me right now. Right now, I just want to make really sexy, delicious food. Like, that's just what I'm in right now. I want to yeah. share. I want to have people to share. I want people to bond. Like, I, I just, like, posted something yesterday on Instagram that I'm, like, you can go to any country you want in your own home. Just create
0: that dish. Yep. I always say that. Like I grew up with like – like I was telling you earlier, You know, I grew up in a Chinese restaurant. And so like my eating habits are super weird. Like I'll eat Chinese one day, Japanese the other day, Indian the next day. Yeah. You know, then I'll eat Italian. Then I'll eat Mexican. You know. And I work my way – like you said, you work your way through the globe. You get to know these people intimately yeah. through their food dishes. And uh, so in New York City, what's your commute like? Like – are you close? Are you far? What's your deal? Um, so, so when I was
1: at Vandal, New York, which was literally about eight months ago, I was there for like about a year, maybe like six months or something like that here in eight months. My commute was um, over three and a half hours each way. So I would drive from Palisades Park to Weehawken. I would park my car, which is, Weehawken is about like another 20, 25 minutes. park my car, jump on a bus that goes into the tunnel, over to New York, and that's like it could take anywhere from 15 minutes if it's clear road to so like an hour and a half. And then I would walk to Times Square, go down to the train, catch the train down to Prince Street, which is like about another 20 minutes, and then like walk across from Prince Street to Houston, and, or Bowery, I'm sorry, it was Bowery. And yeah, it was a three and a half commute each way. I did it for a year and like eight months, a year and a half.
0: That is insanity. It, yeah. that it is that like, is I dedication commuting. i was commuting like almost
1: just as much as i was working
0: dude at that point you might as well just like get a tent you know <laughs> yeah. oh you know what you know how many times i felt like going to sleep like in the freaking closet <laughs> <at our> <laughs> <dog>? <laughs> they're like no nah, you can't do that here man <laughs> yeah. so many
1: crazy. times? I was like, you know what i'll probably just sleep where the laundry is i'll sleep i'll be, I'll be i gotta be here anyway i gotta be here but wow. I loved it. You know, Vanda was a great experience. Um, chef Chris Santos is amazing. Um, you know, uh, Jonathan, um, those guys, they taught me like a whole different level of the business. They mm-hmm. taught me like it's, it's tile, you know, they are now Tao group. So they ga- they gave me a quick briefing on how it is to like be in like a, in a restaurant. sized restaurant. is like one of the biggest, like one of the bigger mm-hmm. group, uh, restaurant groups in New York. Um, they taught me so much, man. I, I, I'm thankful for them. You know, I had to leave because of my family, because yeah. I became a family man. So my
0: commute now is eight minutes. Oh, that's, that's beautiful. That's like Do-do-do. about how long it takes for me to yeah. walk from my like, yeah. bedroom yeah. to my family yeah. room.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now it's like a doom That was like the change. And you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm happy. I, I got all the knowledge I needed to. I'm back into New Jersey. I get so much love in New Jersey. It's like, you know, it's where I was born and raised. So I know so many people from so many different towns, and then, and and you know, and then they show they show so much support that that love and that support like radiates. So I have people coming from my restaurant from Long Island. I have people coming from Boston. I have people coming from the Bronx. I have people coming from like so far Pennsylvania, uh, and it's like insane because that's what I wanted. I I, yeah, I wanted to like be able to go to New York get all the knowledge and information and like style that I need, find like, you know, who I want to be in the kitchen and bring it back to New Jersey. And you know what? The energy's totally different in New Jersey than in, than in New York in the kitchen, uh, New Jersey. Kitchens are really relaxed, but you know what? I'm, I bring that energy. And so we're not that relaxed. My
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, speak, speaking of people coming to see you, uh, my mom lives in Colorado. She, she goes to New York for business. I'll be sending her your way as well. So you'll be hey, getting love please. from super far away.
1: yes that'd be so amazing yeah she yeah that she had a great time for sure
0: so you're a family man now so you've relocated yourself to new jersey how do you balance work life and family life that's a hard challenge tell me about tell me about how you how you tackle that
1: okay so how do i manage being a family man and business so basically i i every single minute that i get i'm with my family you know every single second i get like if instance i gotta be in at four i make sure that i wake up like at nine so that from nine to four p.m i'm family i'm doing everything with my daughter like i'm making sure that my wife is comfortable um you know it's it's just like every second that i get you know what and it 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 could be hard because you know you know both you know both parents working you know i'm working my my wife's working and it it can be uh rough throughout the weeks but no we manage we manage we get enough time in like we make sure that we make it work and you know
0: you just do it you just commit to doing it and then it happens
1: that's it yeah pretty much
0: okay so so, so talking about new york we, we got to broach this subject what is the deal with the sneaker obsession in new york like <laughs> I, you know like shoe culture in in the new york area and you're a guy who's really into sneakers What the heck is that all about?
1: (laughs) Honestly, honestly, I don't know what it's about. Like, what is the obsession with New Yorkers and New Jersey people and, like, you know, everybody in the tri-state area? What is it? Honestly, I honestly can't figure it out, but I've had these uh, constant conversations with my wife and saying, like, she thinks that... I tell her it's nostalgia. Mm -hmm. She thinks I'm trying to fill a void. She thinks, like, she's, like... It's kind of, you know, it's, you know, I, you know, not to offend anybody. She's like, I think it's that you hood people just want to have a lot of one thing that looks flashy, but it means nothing. And sure. you know what? It could be the mentality in which I was raised. Who knows? I mean, I, I haven't figured it out. But you know what? If something fresh drops right now, I need it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know because it seems like the, you know the fashion these days is it's sneakers it, like you, you know back in the day you know we're old guys now you know like back in the day it was like you know it was like a long and tall tee and then it was like super baggy pants and then some high tops <laughs> and now yeah. it's like a nice shirt some flash on your wrist maybe in your ears yeah. not so much on the chains anymore and then it's like some super tight pants, you know, like an emo, like from the emo bands in 2007 yeah. and then some like some real nice freaking high tops. And, you know, there's some cool yeah. shoes out there, you know, so like I yeah. get it. But it's like the, the obsession. It's like almost to like an unhealthy level. It's like, how many shoes do you really need, man? It's like, no, they got to be fresh. They gotta be right out the box. (laughs) Are you gonna break them in? Like,
1: (laughs) it's seriously, it is seriously unhealthy. It is very unhealthy. I've actually, I've struggled with it all my life. (laughs) So it is unhealthy. But am I gonna stop? I don't
0: know. I don't think so. (laughs) Maybe if the fashion goes like, yeah, maybe maybe like when the maybe when the fashion turns into like wingtips, everyone be like, okay, wait a minute. Uh, these are like really expensive. Whoa, so many sneakers are are in the like five thousand range. Dude, that's insanity.
1: That's insanity. That's a motorcycle. I could buy a great Harley with that. You could. <laughs> you, could you could
0: you could buy a car. You could buy a, you know like a you like you know, you could buy a camper. If you if you want to go to the trailer park, you could buy a real used trailer, you know? You <laughs> can do anything with that. That's like yeah, and people are spending it on a
1: pair of tennis shoes, as my wife calls them. She calls them tennis shoes.
0: I'm like, not all sneakers are tennis shoes. (laughs) That's so funny, because that's you know, in St. Louis, that that you know, like every area has their own like slang dialect. Every the depending on where you're from in St. Louis, they're either sneakers, all of them are sneakers, or they're all tennis shoes. And where I grew up, they're all tennis shoes. And I've never played tennis once. Like never in my entire (laughs) life have I ever played tennis. Oh, but those are tennis shoes. Yeah, right. But you're wearing some tennis shoes. (laughs) All right, so last question about what's going on right now. Who on your staff is irreplaceable? You know, you could say it's you, you ah. can say it's your Zach, you can say it's your dishwasher. Who is completely unreplaceable?
1: Who's unreplaceable in my staff? I would say my grill guy. My grill guy is like freaking awesome, man. This that's kid, a- this kid could put out at least like 25 burgers in like about, I want to say 14 minutes. Dang, that's good. Twenty. 20- that's twenty something burgers in like fourteen minutes and I've seen him do it. And I'm like, this kid is indispensable. Like he cannot be replaced. Like He's <laughs> <laughs> like a grill robot. <laughs> yeah, he is and it's it's insane. It's insane. I have to put up with a lot of shit for him. I have to put like up with a lot.
0: A lot. But homeboy knows burgers. <laughs> he knows burgers. He know, no, he knows grill. He knows burgers, steaks. Yeah. That's awesome. So, you know how to grill meat so let's move the interview forward a little bit so uh, what are your plans for the future let's talk about that so what are your plans for the future are you gonna move to an executive chef you want to teach you want to be a celebrity chef you're in chop so obviously there's some aspect of glory in it what do you want to do with your life yeah.
1: so um, at this moment right now I'm actually extremely happy where I'm at so I'm gonna continue to move forward in this restaurant but the most exciting thing about my future is that I'm gonna I'm gonna put out a recipe book Okay. Um, so I'm, I've been working really hard on this recipe book. Um, it, it's basically, uh, it's pretty much my montage to the culinary world, my montage to like the hip hop world, because it's, it's going to be a, a recipe book that ties in music with food. Um, something that's probably been done forever. Obviously you will go into restaurants, some nice music's playing, or you have memories of maybe a food that you ate while a band was playing. And you know what? This will be my montage for that. It's going to be like hip hop tied in with food. Um, basically, what I'm doing is I'm cooking the food that they're saying in the lyrics. So okay. I've so I've got songs that talk that mention food in there in their in their lyrics. And what I do is I grab those lyrics and I turn them into a dish, making them reality. So it could be just something like, for instance. Um, the scenario with Tribe Called Quest. It's a song that might have came out. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. it came out like maybe in the 85, maybe, maybe of 88, 89 on there, whatever scenarios. Well, Buster Rhymes is the rapper that I actually quoted. Uh, he said, the chocolatey chocolate, the chocolate chicken. And I took that lyric and I turned it into a dish, making it like a chicken and, you know, chicken and waffle with mm-hmm. dark chocolate, strawberries, bananas, um, you know, that that's pretty much the idea throughout the entire recipe book. I want this recipe book to be the coolest book out at this time.
0: <laughs> so, like, uh, you know, to, to quote the lyrics according to uh, Biggie, you know, the Bible according to Biggie, you know, like, yeah. we can retire, we'll have a T-bone steak, eggs, cheese, and Welsh's great. So, like, that would be something that you could turn into, something.
1: So, yep, so I would probably do like, a, you know, a nice T-bone steak with like you know maybe like a, a quail egg or something where I could turn like Welch's grape into a gastric. like I that's the type of thing that you know I would do for that song.
0: See, that's smart because when I picture it, I picture them at a diner getting like diner eggs and like a <laughs> cup of grape so I'm like, yeah. like, come on, Biggie, you've you got more money than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you got to like, yeah, you got to turn it
1: up. I, I, I pretty much I'm turning up these uh, lyrics and I'm going like as far as I can.
0: So yeah, I would probably do like a
1: you know a T-bone steak with like a rail real you know runny quail egg or some fried quail egg or something.
0: I love this idea by the way. I think this is beautiful. And so where did you get the inspiration for this? Um, honestly, I don't even know where it just came from. It just dawned on me. Like that. I just
1: kept thinking about lyrics, kept thinking about the food, kept thinking about lyrics, kept thinking about the food, kept thinking about the lyrics, and then I was just like. I'm going to just do it. Like it just happened to like land on my lap. My my wife wanted um, waffles. I was like, you know what? I'll cook some waffles. I actually have some chicken thighs there. I'll make them gluten free. Um, I actually made the the first dish eggless. So there was like no egg. It was just like, it it was just like, it just happened. It just like, I don't even know. It just came about. And then it just turned out to be, I got so much like good energy from it that I just said,
0: you know what? Now it's got to be done. Yeah
1: now, Yeah, that's it. Now
0: I'm like zeroed in. I think it has to be done. I, I can't believe it doesn't exist already because like you know, I'm kinda I'll be honest. I'm a nerdy guy. I like Star Trek and they've made Star Trek recipe books. You know, like yeah. you know, like how is this not a thing? You know, like how is this not even a thing? But I love I love that you're taking these ideas and then you're gonna turn them into like a a cool, unique version of it, and like I could totally see this with like full color photos, like on someone's coffee table, like People might yeah. just buy it just to look at it. You know what I mean? Like, That's what I
1: want. That's what I want, Ryan. Like, Seriously, I want people to just be like, walk into somebody's house and be like, what book is that? And pick it up and be like, oh, I'm getting it. They don't even care if they want to cook. They don't care if they, they know how to cook. They, I'm, I'm pretty sure anyway, this isn't going to be a fully functional recipe book. And it's not going to be like, just like any book. This, you can actually do these recipes. Mm-hmm. And not like, No disrespect to Epicurious, which I love you guys 100%. But some of your recipes don't make sense. Like
0: (laughs) – Have you ever read The Joy of Cooking? Yeah. Have you you ever tried to cook anything out of The Joy of Cooking ever in your entire life? (laughs) It's like – it's a list of ingredients and like shorthand notes. like – I'm like, what does this even say? Like what what do you mean? What What is this? Yeah, seriously.
1: like, wait! They didn't tell me I had to proof the bread. Now my pizza looks like a freaking wrap.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Your dog, I made pizza wraps. <laughs> I got pizza wraps now. Thanks, Epicurious. Yeah, thanks, Epicurious. We, we yeah. got—we're gonna get a food truck out here. and We're gonna do pizza wraps. You know, like by the way, that might not be a terrible idea. Like, in all fairness, like, like get tortillas and make pizza on cool. top of it, roll it up. That like might be the most like amazing American thing ever.
1: Yeah, it could be. It could and you be. sell it, it with hot sauce. We, made a, we might have come up with something right now. We we're on to something. I this think
0: it. That's it. We're getting a food truck. I don't know where we're going to put it, but we're going to get a food truck. Pizza wrap
1: Somewhere in between St. Louis and New Jersey. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I guess Chicago is like not even close to halfway between. Uh, what's halfway between? Columbus, Ohio? Uh, that's it. We're there. <laughs> there you go. Um, Want to hear something really funny about pizza? So I have this friend, and she's in Brazil, and they don't put – parmesan cheese on pizza. They think that's insane. They think we're crazy for doing that. Uh, You (laughs) Americans? Yeah, that's literally how this conversation started. You Americans are so crazy. You put parmesan cheese on pizza, like savages. How do
1: you put parmesan on pizza?
0: Yeah, and then she goes, I go, well, what do you put on pizza? She goes, ketchup. Whoa! (laughs) Whoa! And I was just horrified. It was like, no I, I, like, you're putting ketchup on pizza. Like, what is wrong oh, with
1: you? Oh. <laughs> oh my god, I just pictured that conversation going so wrong, like where everybody
0: starts vomiting. Like, Bleh. yeah. And I'm trying to explain to her like parmesan's savory and salty. It's a whole thing. Right. So anyway, but this is about you, not about ketchup. <laughs> I got a secret to
1: tell you, Ryan. I used to eat uh, ketchup with Elio's
0: pizza. That's amazing. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I eat ketchup with my fried rice. Uh, there I, p- I picked up off these dudes in the kitchen one day, and they're like, oh, you got to try this, this ketchup with fried rice. And I'll be honest, yeah. it's freaking bomb. It really is good. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that pretty much brings us to the end of the interview. So let's right. talk about uh, you're going to stay in the industry. You said you're going to keep moving on up. You love where you're at. And you love what you do, right?
1: Yes, I am. I actually am totally in love. I'm like, you know, the passion just keeps getting bigger. Um, I, you know, I thank God that it just keeps growing it hasn't been like all the other things I've done in my life where, you know, I, I do it for a little while and then I'm like done with this is, this is like something that's continually growing on me. It it takes, it takes away sleep,
0: (laughs) which is the best thing in the world. (laughs) It is when you, when you love something, you will lose sleep over it. Like whether it's, you know, it's a girl or someone you met or, you know, a hobby, but like, you'll, you'll think about it. Like sometimes I don't know about you, do you have the reoccurring food dreams like you'll wake up in the middle of the night and you'll be like, oh, I got to make that, you know, exactly. like, exactly,
1: yeah, exactly. That, that's it. That's how that's how this friggin this all comes about. All these dishes, all these creations.
0: That's amazing. Well, Peter, you've been awesome. Thank you for being on the people behind your food. Did you have fun?
1: Oh, my God. Thank you so much for having me, Ryan. It was an amazing time. Yeah, I'm glad to uh, share with you guys what I'm doing. And you're doing an awesome thing with this podcast like getting people to know like what goes on behind these walls man. Yeah. behind all this heat behind these stoves. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I respect you, Ryan. You're doing a great thing. Um, keep going, man. Thank, thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: You're welcome. So, uh, next week, uh, thank you guys for listening to the people behind your food. As we always, as I always say, it's all about the people who are actually behind your food and seeing that they are real humans with hopes and dreams and, of- uh, so you guys can listen to this uh, on Radio Public, iTunes. You guys can check this out also on uh, Google Play Music and Spotify. And, of course, you guys can find me at ChefRyanCallahan.com. Peter, do you have a website or anything you want to plug real quick? Um, yes. So I would like to plug in my Instagram, at PeterXMartinez.
1: Really simple, at PeterXMartinez. My restaurant, at Pier 115 Barn Grill.
0: And, yo, if you guys get a chance, man, you're in New Jersey, come see me. You should do it, guys. So anyways, thanks again, Peter, for being on. And uh, I'll see you guys next week. I have the Honest Restaurant Manager on, and you guys will really enjoy that.